have a South by Southwest recap. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to LAOFCS Weekly. I am Scott Menzel, the founder of this organization, and I'm all by myself today because I'm going to do a quick recap of the South by Southwest Film Festival. So I'm not going to talk about all the films that I saw at the festival. Um, I saw a total of 18 films. I will say that as a festival overall, I thought it was one of the weaker years. But let's talk about some of the highlights from the festival. So unlike other film festivals, South by Southwest has a lot of studio films. So big studios premiere their movies there, and it's been like that through the history of South by Southwest. Uh, when I first started going to South by Southwest, there was um, the film Kick-Ass was one of the big movies, also Bridesmaids. There's a lot of big films that come out of South by Southwest each year. And this year, that is really the selling point of the festival. Um, that being said, the world premiere of Us premiered at South by Southwest on the opening night. And I will say that as someone who's been there for 10 years straight, this has been the biggest opening night film they've ever had. Um, all the big premieres take place at a theater called the Paramount Theater, which is on 7th Street in Congress. And it is a beautiful old school venue uh, that they do performing arts in and also the big premieres here at South by Southwest. And Jordan Peele's Us had such an audience that the line wrapped around the building, went up the block, went over a bunch of blocks, and half the line did not even get into this world premiere. So I was lucky enough to get in and I knew that I was lucky because there was so much hype built around this movie because it is the follow-up to Get Out, which came out at Sundance, and I was part of that initial crowd, and I fell in love with that movie back then, and then it just kind of built and built and built, and it just became this huge cultural phenomenon. And Us, I think, is a really good movie, um, and I don't really want to go into details about what this movie's about. You kind of don't know from the trailers. And I think that's done on purpose. And, um, all I will really say about it is a family goes to their beach home to spend their summer and a family shows up on their front front lawn basically and proceeds to terrorize them. And that's really all you should know about us before you go in to see it. That being said, um, you should not watch this movie expecting it to be the next Get Out. I think that's going to be a big problem that people are going to have with this film because this one is very much a horror film as opposed to a horror movie with social commentary. There are There is some social commentary here, but unlike Get Out, it's all very much explained to you at the end of the film. That being said, the cast is all around terrific. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke really own this film. They, they do such a great job bouncing off one another. And it's refreshing to see Lupita in so many different roles over the last year or two. 
you know, I saw her in a movie called Little Monsters, which also played at South by Southwest, where I got to see this comedic side to her that I've never seen before. And here she she's kind of going into the dramatic side, but she's having fun in certain scenes. And then she's also like, I mean, she's she's horrifying her uh, the other character that she plays in the movie. Again, I'm not going to give too much away, but that character is really horrifying to watch. And, and especially the way that she talks as that character, it almost sounds like she has a strep throat and she's like, and it's just the way that the vocal sounds work to make that character scary. is just something that I never thought I would see Lapita do, do. And she just does such a great job with it. Uh, that being said, Winston Duke is also in the film and his character is a lot more com- uh, comedic than I expected. Um, you know, after seeing him in Black Panther, I thought this was going to be another like kind of like a macho lead role. And he, he is a loving and supporting husband and father, but He's very comedic, and I love seeing him, you know, play on this side of his personality that we have not seen in films before. Um, the thing that I will say about us is that it, it does have a really good first and second act. I feel like the first two parts of this movie are near perfection. It's it, it has a great mix of comedy and horror, and it has you on the edge of your seat with suspense. The problem for me is that when you go into the third act, it kind of has the feeling, well, at least left me with the feeling of, oh, that's what this is and that's all that you're going to say about it. it. It feels very like bigger picture, but there's not enough substance there. Like it, it feels like something that's building and building and building, but when revealed, the revealed doesn't seem worth the time that you invested into the movie, if that makes any sense. Um, I just wanted a little bit more out of the ending. Uh, and I felt like I walked out of the theater liking this movie instead of loving it. I also have a really bad feeling that the hype surrounding this movie is going to hurt, um, the actual people who go see it, because I think everyone is so damn excited for this movie and maybe that's part of my problem is that I went into this movie really, really hoping to be like blown away by it. That when I walked out of the theater, I just kind of was like, that was really good, but I didn't love it. It didn't blow my mind. But that's also coming from someone who's seen a ton of horror movies. I watch so many horror movies each year. My wife, Ashley Menzel, who's also part of this organization, she really loved this movie. And I think, you know, what benefited her is the fact that she doesn't watch that many horror movies. She's she's not really a horror movie fan. And I think the movie worked a little bit more for her than it did for me because unlike her, I saw all the scares and the surprises coming and she, she did not. So, that being said, I still think Us is worth a look, but not as good as Get Out. The movie that I was the most excited to see at South by Southwest was Livia Wilde's directorial debut, which is Booksmart. Booksmart stars uh, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deemver, and they are two very smart high school students who are about to graduate, and they're both going to go off and 
you know, do great things in the world. They're going to go to top schools and they're super duper excited about it. And they're both two people who unfortunately look down on others because they feel like they're superior because they're so smart and they, you know, they get straight A's and they've, you know, head of student council and all that good stuff. And it turns out that some other members of their class are actually going to top schools. So this kind of set something in motion where they feel like, oh my God, did we throw away our four years in high school worrying about good grades and studying? Let's prove that we're going to have a lot of fun. Now, I realize this plot sounds very generic. And, you know, that was kind of my reservation going into the film was like, oh, this is just going to be another version, you know, like the female version of Superbad. And the, the nice thing about it is, is that it's not. The movie does have some raunchy humor in it, and it does have some gross-out gags, but it's very character-driven. It's it's very much about the friendship between uh, Beanie and, and Caitlin, and I feel like that's the heart and soul of the film. Um, I said this on the show that I did earlier, Meet the Movie Press, and I said this also in my review. Uh, I can't tell you how refreshing it is to see a studio comedy that focuses on two friends and it doesn't belittle them. Um, you know, we have Beanie is a is a plus size actress and to see her in the lead role and she's not mocked and there's no mention of her weight whatsoever in this film, that is so rewarding to see. Um, Caitlin Deemver, who I've loved since Short Term 12, you know, she's finally put into a lead role where she's not playing second fiddle to someone else. And the two of them just kind of bounce off one another with such ease. Again, there's a lot of great moments in the film. I don't really want to spoil them for you, but there's a stop motion animation sequence that I think is brilliant. I thought it was just really funny. Um, it, it it actually even, you know, it's funny. We, we I just said that it doesn't bring up like body shaming or talking about body image, but it's almost like a mockery of what they do with the Barbie doll. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, but I really liked it. I also love that it wasn't raunchy. Like there, there was like hints of raunch, but it never went over the top. Like it's not gross. It, there's not like, oh my God, you know, here's a cum joke or here's, you know, a poop joke or whatever. It's, it's like they're hinted upon and then the movie shows restraint. It, 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 it relies on the audience to be smart enough to get the joke without having to show it. And I appreciate that so very much. Um, there's the kid from Santa Clarita Diaries, who, who I apologize, I don't know his name, but he was really he was really entertaining in this film as well because he plays such this high-energy kid in everything that I've seen him in. But in this movie, he had some layers to him. Like he, he there's a reason why he's so high energy and why he's always in, in in everyone's face, and that's because he doesn't really have a lot of friends. And I love how they kind of threw that in there where you have these two lead characters who are not abrasive whatsoever, but instead you have this male character who is so over the top and everyone kind of is like, get that guy away from me. And I thought it was it was nice to see that in this type of film. Um, another surprise at South by Southwest for me was Long Shot, which is the new film from Jonathan Levine. And this one pairs Charlize Theron alongside uh, Seth Rogen. And I've... Anyone who follows me, anyone who knows me, knows I'm not really the biggest Seth Rogen fan. He's he's been good in certain movies, but normally his gross out humor and his his you know his same old, 
I don't know, his act, I guess, has gotten really old. I'm tired of, you know, the the pot smoking and just the, I don't know, the over-the-top antics that he does. He he reminds me of, of Will Ferrell in a lot of ways, and I just, I feel like he plays the same character in every single movie. And what was so refreshing about this movie is that Charlize Theron, outside of maybe like one or two other films, has not really done a straight comedy uh, where she has been in the title role, like where she's the lead actress in the movie. Um, I don't count movies like Tully or Young Adult because they're more dark comedies that have a lot of dramatic elements to them. And they're both written, you know, they're both involved, uh, Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody. And I feel like they're different types of film. This is more of a studio, very, very much a studio movie, romantic comedy, action comedy, whatever you want to, you know, call this. It kind of has a mixture of a bunch of genres, but it's something that I've never seen Charlize Theron do before. And to my surprise, she has such wonderful chemistry with Seth Rogen and, and maybe it's just because I'm so used to seeing Seth Rogen play Seth Rogen. It was kind of nice seeing him do something a little bit different. Like he's a journalist in this film and he actually has ethics and he actually makes a lot of speeches about like what's wrong with the state of the the journalist community that we're in and how everyone, you know, bends backwards to um, for money and like whatever a political candidate decides to say that everyone just jumps on board with it. I like that element of him. And I also like that even though there's some lines that are very much like, okay, you know that Seth Rogen, you know, did that one line or ad-libbed the moments, that they just felt more natural. They didn't just feel like, oh, okay, we let him do whatever he wanted. It just it fit into the tone and the story of the um into the tone and the story. So I like that. And, you know, to my surprise, and I think this is the biggest surprise for everyone who was in the theater that night, was that Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron have great chemistry. You watch the trailer for this movie, you don't get that from from the trailer, but they do. They have really good chemistry. They bounce off one another. They I call them like a comedic, you know, um couple, you know, from heaven. They they really do work together and I would love to see more movies where they pair up. Um you know, it is a movie that deals with politics. So there is a lot of satire in here about the current state of, you know, social media. There's also stuff about Fox News. You know, it's it's very left-leaning, the film, but, you know, it is a Hollywood studio film, so you pretty much expect that. But I thought the humor really worked. Uh, I also liked that there was some random digs towards certain actors. Like, there's a Jennifer Aniston joke that I thought was just hilarious um i don't i I won't repeat it but i thought it was really funny i'm kind of like wow i wonder what they have against jennifer aniston um all that being said jonathan levine as a director has been very interesting because he started off in the indie world with the whackness and then he quickly made that transition over to studio films you know he did warm warm bodies 50 50 And I feel like he's kind of hit and miss as a director, but this to me is his best movie to date. And I, and I would be very happy if I got to see another movie that was directed by him starring these two wonderful actors, because I think they, this is some of the best work that Seth Rogen has ever done. And I mean, it proves that Charlize Theron could do no wrong. I mean, she's, she's been able to do action movies, studio movies, uh, comedies, dramas. I mean, she's just all over the place with her role selection. And I think she really gives her all to the material and she's great in this movie. Um, 
The one movie that I wanted to talk about that I really, really, really disliked is a movie called Good Boys, which is from the director of Bad Teacher. Um, uh, actually, no, it's, he's not the director of Bad Teacher. He's the co-writer of Bad Teacher. And it is about three little boys. They're tweens who embark on this journey uh, to find to get a new droid after something happens to the to the droid that they're not supposed to use, which is owned by Jacob Tremblay's character's father. Um, I read the plot description for this movie, and I was kind of on the fence about it. Um, again, this is a, a Seth, Seth Rogen, uh, Evan Goldberg-produced film, which I know a lot of people that's like, yeah, I can't wait to go see that. But, you know, as someone who really did not like Sausage Party someone who was not that crazy about super bad. I kind of went into this movie like it could be good. It might not be good. And that's kind of like the reaction I have. So my expectations were not very high going into this movie. And I always feel like when I go in with lukewarm expectations and a movie actually makes me hate it, even like actually I walk out of that movie and I hate it. That That's really a bad sign because it didn't really have to do much to make me say, okay, that was okay. But to me, for me to walk out and actually say, wow, I really hated that. That says something about a film. Um, good boys. Like I said, Jacob Tremblay, Brady noon and Keith L Williams are three friends. And it's, it's very much the same as super bad. It's, it's kind of like this outlandish situation where instead of, you know, wanting to get laid, Jacob Tremblay's character wants to go to the kissing party. There's a kissing party at school. He likes this little girl and he doesn't know how to kiss. So how the droid gets involved is that he steals the droid and he's hoping to spy on his neighbors because the neighbor's a girl and her boyfriend's coming over and he thinks like they're going to kiss and make out and blah, 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 blah. And essentially the droid ends up being captured by the girl and then it gets destroyed. And then it just goes on this like journey of ridiculousness where the three friends must embark to the mall in order to buy a new droid. But then the girls start following them because they, they accidentally give or, or they take their drugs. It's just, it's, it's like this hodgepodge of ideas of like, let's keep pushing the envelope further. And I just feel like it just never worked. It, it's kind of like, you know, when you watch a little five-year-old in a movie and, and the kid says like, fuck randomly, and you know, it generates a laugh because it's, 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 it's kind of like shocking. You're like, Oh, look at that little five-year-old. It shouldn't say fuck. This movie just felt like that for about 95 minutes where like everything that the kids were doing was like so outlandish and like it pushed the envelope that it was supposed to be shocking and offensive. But to me, like I just kind of watched it and I was like, this is just ridiculous and not funny at all. There's there's multiple scenes where like the kids play with sex toys and like it's supposed to be funny. Like the one kid gives another the girl that he likes the anal beads necklace and I'm kind of watching this and I'm like this is not funny and like it gets such a big laugh out of South by Southwest and it's it's, it's very interesting because um I did want to talk about that a little bit because studios bring movies to South by Southwest almost to test them to see how they'll play on a particular audience in the South by Southwest audience is very big into horror movies and they're very big into comedies. 
So movies like Bridesmaids, A Quiet Place, Cabin in the Woods, Spy, they're all great examples of movies that have premiered at that festival that went on to do fairly well. I mean, even Sausage Party is another good example. So when you watch a movie, though, at South By, I feel like the reaction is kind of biased. It's just like how I felt about Us being like it was a it was a really good movie. I would probably give it like a seven or an eight. But when I pull back and I kind of look at the reactions that come out of the festival and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's the next, you know, Alfred Hitchcock or he's the next Spielberg. It's kind of like, whoa, 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 hold, hold on a second. This is his second movie. He needs to prove himself as a, as a director. You know, he's, he has talent. There's no denying that. But come, like, it's a little too early to be like putting putting him against legends. And I think that's that's really weird. And, you know, kind of the same thing with Good Boys is that. I went out of that movie and I I felt I feel weird because I laughed my ass off in in Booksmart. I thought it was really funny and really well done. And same with Longshot, I, I laughed my ass off. But Good Boys, like the reaction around me, people were laughing at these things in this film, and I didn't find it funny. And I and I walked out and I and I tweeted my reaction, and you know I kind of it didn't get picked up. And it's it's, it's interesting when you're at festivals. You know, negative buzz doesn't really pick up at festivals. It's it's usually always the praise, which is kind of weird because outside of that, like when you see a movie regularly, if you're negative towards something and usually gets a lot of traction because people are like, oh, how come you didn't like it? Why didn't you hate it? Oh, you're, you're no, you're, you just don't like this director. You don't like this actor. And it, like Sausage Party was a great example. Like outside of Southwest, no one, no one cared about our Sausage Party reactions. Um, but like as the movie came out, it was like, Everyone was like sending, you know, send Ashley like death threats because of their her reactions in the movie. We got so much hate. There was a Reddit forum created about that movie, um, and it's just weird because at studio uh, at, at festivals, studio movies can premiere and they can get negative reviews, and it just kind of like nothing happens. And then when they eventually come out and you don't like it, and then you post a review, then some, for some reason like then it gets traction. Um, Good Boys, though, I just felt like. It wanted so hard. It wanted so hard to be this next big super bad movie where like instead of it being high schoolers, it was teenage, you know, like instead of being teenagers, it was tweens. And it was like, wouldn't it be funny if these, you know, these tweens played with sex toys? Wouldn't it be funny if these tweens, you know, went to a drug dealer's house and tried to buy drugs? And I just felt like every time it tried to push the envelope, it felt like something that we've seen before. And I noticed a lot of reactions mentioned South Park. And I am someone who watched South Park from the very first season. I don't watch it as much anymore, but I was a big fan of South Park leading up to the movie and even shortly after the movie. So when I think of South Park, I know that the movie, that, those guys, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone, are really edgy and they're really different and they really push the envelope. And they don't care. They give zero fucks. And what's interesting is when I watched this movie, I feel like they were trying to mimic that. But like they kept like it was almost like the guy next to you in the movie there would go like, eh, 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 you know, that's funny. That's really funny. Don't you get a ha ha laugh? Where South Park's just like, I don't care. We're just going to offend as many people as we can and we're not going to hold back. So for the people who think that this is like South Park, it might be on certain levels and it does definitely um, borrow a bunch of elements from South Park as well as so many other movies. It feels like a hodgepodge of like 
so many different sex comedies over the years that it just doesn't feel original. The only thing that makes it different is, is because it's about tweens. But that doesn't make the movie funny. It doesn't make the movie good. And that's the biggest problem that I had with it is that it just didn't work. It just wasn't funny. And I sat there for the 95 minutes and I think I laughed once or twice. And it was mainly because of this kid, the uh, Keith L. Williams, who is a new, new newcomer. I think this is his first, one of his first movie roles. And he looks like, um, uh, Craig Robinson, like a younger version of Craig Robinson. And I just kept looking at him and, and, and I love that he had like ethics as a little kid and it, he just worked, but the other guys, they just, they felt like generic stereotypes. I didn't buy into these characters. I didn't buy into the story. I didn't buy into the jokes. So I didn't, I didn't really care for this movie. Um, because there wasn't a lot of great independent films that come out of South by Southwest this year. Um, I did want to give a shout out real quick to a movie called greener grass, which, which actually debuted at Sundance earlier this year, but I saw it at South by this is a satire on suburbia and it's really just out there. I, I don't know if this is going to get a big studio release. I don't even think it's going to get released at all, but it's this wacky satire on America and about and specifically in suburbs where like everyone kind of like behaves a certain way and everyone eats certain things and everyone should have kids and everyone should, be, you know, go to certain meetings and eat at this restaurant. And it's just so deadpan in the way that it delivers because everyone who is in the film just embraces the material and they never go off script and they just they're they're in it for the long haul and I know it won't work for everyone and I know it's really weird and I know it's really different, but I really enjoyed it. And I think it, it was a, um, a wonderful change of pace from the studio films that were there. Um, and then I guess one more little shout out because I love this movie and I hope it, it, it does get a bigger audience when it's released. I have to mention little monsters again, which I mentioned at the earlier in the show with Lapita Nyong'o, as well as Josh Gad. I love this movie. It's a, it's a zombie comedy that takes place uh, on a farm where a kindergarten teacher takes her class and then the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse breaks out. I, this is one of those movies where you just watch it and you know that every single person in the film was just having fun. And because they were having fun as an audience member, you have fun. And there's just these wacky things that go on from Josh Gad's character being like this childlike personality where it had elements of like that movie Death to Smoochie where he was like this guy who was all show on the on the set. But behind the scenes, he was really a crappy person. And um, I love how that kind of plays out throughout the film. Again, Lupita Nyong'o in this role where she not only gets to kick some ass in the movie, she gets to show her comedic side. Uh, I loved her in this film, and I thought she was wonderful. And between this and us, I really think this is going to be uh, Lupita's year. Uh, I can see her, you know, maybe not getting 
you know, nominations this year, but being like that, that voice, um, that actress that gets a lot of talk throughout the year and she's going to be getting more and more roles, especially, you know, since she's going to be in the Avengers Endgame, I'm sure as well. So I'm really excited to kind of see where her career goes from here, because I think with these three projects, you know, between Black Panther, Little Monsters and us, I think she is an actress well on the rise and I'm, I'm excited to see what she does next. So that's it for the, um, the recap of South by Southwest. And, um, before, I, before I go and end this episode, uh, I just wanted to let everyone know that we, we here really appreciate your support of this organization of this show. We appreciate your viewership, but I did want to say that we're going to be taking a couple week hiatus from this show. Um, I have some personal stuff going on in my life right now, and I need to kind of sit back and restructure the show. And the nice people over here at the Popcorn Talk Network are going to be helping with that. And uh, we'll have another episode probably in mid-April. And you're going to see a nice change of pace in the show. It's not just going to be me sitting in this chair. There's going to be a bunch of different people, as you've seen, when I've been in, in various festivals like Jimmy or Rama or Kit. We're going to kind of have a nice rotating panel of our members and we're going to introduce some new segments and we're going to do something really different and unique with the show. So we're not not coming back. We're, we're going to kind of restructure the show a little bit, get some people, some other members involved in the show, kind of offer a nice variety, make it a really unique and different um, show that has various opinions and you don't have to see the same couple of faces. So we're really going to restructure things. We're excited about stage two of this show and it's going to happen in mid-April. So um, stay tuned to the uh, Twitter page, LAOFCS. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter. Stay along with us there and you can see when we're going to relaunch the show and it's going to be announced, like I said, probably in about two or three weeks for uh, about an April, mid-April start date. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, and again, thank you so much for supporting this show, supporting this organization, and watching us each week here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Thank you so much. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.